Hi, and welcome to Follow Baptist Church's weekly message podcast. My name's Luke Williams, and I'm the lead pastor, and we're thrilled to have you joining us. We hope the message today inspires you and helps you follow Jesus in your community for his glory. Here's the message. Our scripture reading today comes from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, and it says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it will flow springs of life. I remember in year seven, it was my uh, first time in a big, big school. I'd come from a little primary school and uh, I got to know my classmates. And very, very soon I uh, got myself a girlfriend, my first high school girlfriend. And her name was Imogen. And uh, we had the longest relationship out of all the year sevens in the whole school, two weeks. (laughs) And uh, we got to know each other over those two weeks. And uh, one day she rang me. And she said, you know what? It's not working out. Uh, It's time to end our relationship. I was heartbroken, absolutely devastated. And more so when I realized that she'd actually dumped me for one of my friends. And, uh, you know, I had a couple of guys who were around me at the moment at that time and who were consoling me and encouraging me. And, you know, we had a loose understanding of scripture. And I remember one of them said to me, ads, you didn't guard your heart. And I thought, you know what? You're right. I didn't guard my heart. I gave it away too quickly. And then when it all fell in a heap, just my heart was broken. And you know what I've, I've realized since then is pain is inevitable, whether it's breakups or, or job lost or uh, maybe our, our trust is broken with someone or the hopes that we've had in life are dashed. And maybe what we need to do more is guard our hearts. Now, looking at that scripture, I realize that's not what this verse is about. <laughs> You know, it's very easy to to look at the pain that we experience in life and say, you know what, God told me to guard my heart, but that's taking that verse out of context. And if you know me, you know that the three golden rules to reading the Bible are context, context, context. And, you know, we have to look at the geographical location of what's being said in scripture. We have to look at the author and the recipients, and we have to look at everything that's going on to really understand what is being said at those times. And sometimes that's easy as just going back a couple of verses and forwards a couple of verses to really gain a bit of an understanding about what a verse is about. And Proverbs 4.23 is no exception to that. So I'd love to take you to Proverbs 4, chapter 20 to 27. And it says this, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out straight a path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. You see, God's put his truth in our hearts and that's why we need to guard it. God's put our future in our hearts, our, our calling, our mission, our purpose in our hearts. And that's why we need to guard it. Not because we're guarding from eventual pain or, or, or hopes that have been dashed, but because that is who God wants us to be. Everything he wants for us is put it in our hearts. And today I want to talk to you about the three reasons I believe why we should guard our hearts. And the first one is this, is your heart is valuable. You know, I was out the other night putting my bins out on bin night and uh, across the road, I noticed something quite peculiar. 
I noticed that uh, their bins were out, their recycling and their general garbage was out. But standing next to them were two men in business suits. And that was a bit weird. I was a little perplexed by that. And they looked like, you know, they were bouncers at a club or, or bodyguards. And they were just standing next to the bins. So I went inside and I said to Christine, there's some guys out there guarding the bins. It's really, really weird. And uh, a little bit later, we saw some some flashing blue and red lights out the front of our house and we opened the, the curtain and we had a look and there was now police cars and security cars sitting there near these guys outside their bins on bin night. And as the night went on, I kept looking and I, I, I just, I had to ask them. I went out there and I said, guys, what are you doing out here? And they replied, we're looking after this guy's garbage. We're actually a private security company and we've been hired to guard this man's rubbish. Now, it sounds a bit weird, <laughs> sounds a bit far-fetched. And the reason it does is because it's not true. I just made that story up. But it's a really great example that when you put your bins out on bin night, you don't guard them. You don't hire somebody to watch over them. You don't have police come by and patrol around your street to make sure no one's taking your bins because it's garbage. It's trash. You don't guard what isn't valuable. But God has told us above all else, not when you have time or maybe every second weekend or on bin nights, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. This is of paramount importance because your heart is extremely valuable. Why is your heart valuable? Well, that's where God has put your leadership. That's where God's put your mission, your calling, your purpose. That's where he's put your influence and your compassion, your mercy, your love, your giftings. They all reside inside you. The person that God wants you to be, he's placed them in your heart. It is extremely extremely valuable. But we also know through scripture that God values the heart. You know, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, we saw this, see the story of, of Samuel who is, is going to anoint a new king because Saul has fallen out of favor with God. And Samuel is told to go to Jesse's house, Jesse's property, and, and to, to, to look at all of his sons and God will show him who the new king is. And he goes from son to son to son. Those who would rightfully be the next kin, the king, they were strong, they were bold, they had authority, they were ready to, to lead men and people. But God chose none of them. And then Samuel says, do you have any other sons? And they go and fetch David, who's a shepherd out in the field. And as soon as Samuel sees him, God says, this is the king, anoint him. And in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 13, verse 14, we see Samuel talking with, uh, with Saul and, um, and God. And God says that uh, he's chosen a new king and one who is after my own heart. You see, the thing that made David's heart so valuable is not just that he wanted, um, uh, sorry, his leadership and his mission and his calling was in his heart, but he wanted what God wanted. You see, our hearts are extremely valuable and we can't be giving them away. We can't let them get influenced by all these other things. You see, above all, all else, paramount importance, guard your heart because it is valuable. I think another reason we need to guard our heart, and the scripture says this in Proverbs 4.23, is because everything we do flows 
from it. Everything flows from it. You know, I was reading a story the other day from London in 1866. And if you're a history buff, you know exactly what happened in 1866. Uh, It was the Great Stink. And it sounds like a really interesting title. But that was when water closets, toilets were becoming very popular in Western society and everyone was putting them in their homes. But the problem was, is that the plumbing was going straight into the Thames, the River Thames. So all the the effluent, all the raw sewage, the excrement was going into the river. And the town started to stink. London started to stink of human waste. But not only that, is people were getting cholera. People were dying in huge numbers. And there were lots of ideas about how they're going to solve this situation, whether it be like we have people who go around and we scoop it out on the daily or whether we put flowers around the town to make sure it didn't stink as much. Uh, but all of these, these, these propositions were like a Band-Aid. They weren't going to solve the issue. That's when a man named Joseph Bazalgette came onto the scene. He's actually gone down in history as one of the greatest civil engineers of all time. And he introduced modern plumbing that would actually take the waste into treatment plants rather than dumping it, dumping it in the River Thames. Why do I tell you this story? Because likewise, our hearts are the cause of our sin. And we need to deal with it head on. We can address our sin however we like, but until we, we deal with the heart... We are using band-aids on a terminal illness. You see, everything that's in our hearts is going to overflow into the way that we interact with people, in the way that we communicate on social media, in the way that we, we do what God wants us to do. Every aspect of our life is governed by what's in our heart. And if we want to work on our output, if we want to see our output be more healthier and more kingdom focused and, and doing what God wants us to do, we have to work on the input. Now, it's very easy for us to blame the usual suspects. Movies, TV, video games, social media. You know, and yes, they're part of the problem and we'll talk about them in a little bit. But I think that the greatest problem we're facing is that we kind of want God, what God wants here, but we also want what we want. There's this tug of war between what God wants and what we want. You see, we want to be kingdom influencers. <laughs> but we don't want to influence our own actions. We want to be a blessing to others, but we consume Christianity like a product we buy on a, on a Safeway market shelf. We want to have godly relationships, but we engage in gossip and in slander. We want to be encouragers, but not to those who differ in opinion or understanding or theology. We want to be examples of forgiveness, but you know what, I'll forgive everyone except that one person who hurt me just a little bit too much. I don't think I can forgive that person. We want to realize realize our calling, but ignore God on the daily. We want meaningful and powerful prayer, but our prayer times are few and look more like gossip sessions or theology discussions. We want to evangelize more effectively, but we're happy for others to do the missional work. We want passionate worship but are more concerned if the song we're singing is Hillsong or Elevation or Jesus Culture or whatever new band is coming up at the time. We want to be a light in the world, but the reality is we look just like everybody else. You know, we want to have hearts that need guarding. We want to have hearts that are valuable, 
that can be used. But until we really want what God wants and follow his instructions, that won't happen. And if we want to have a healthy overflow, we need healthy input. And that means we want to, we should want what God wants, even if it's not what we want. Does that make sense? So we want, our, we want to be kingdom influencers. Allow God to influence you. Allow God's word to soak into you. Allow God to remind you of your future and your purpose and your mission and your calling. Let that inspire you because you cannot pour from an empty jug. We want to be a blessing to others. Well, die to yourself and give yourself away. We want godly relationships. Speak honestly. Raise people up and champion others in their calling and their mission. We want to be encouragers. Look for opportunities to encourage people. So often we wait for encouragement to be this organic thing. But if we look for those opportunities, you find them so readily. They're so available to you and you can't get encouragement wrong. We want to be examples of forgiveness. And here's one that might be a bit difficult to hear. Just forgive. Just forgive. It's not, you know, we can't wait until we're ready. We feel like we're ready to forgive. You know, forgiving someone doesn't excuse bad behavior. It doesn't mean that there's no pain anymore. It just means that you have chosen to be free of that issue and forgiven somebody. You know, I heard it said once that uh, holding unforgiveness is like taking poison and expecting the other person to die. You want to be a good forgiver? Just forgive. We want to realize our calling. Well, we have to realize God first. If we seek God and his kingdom, all the rest will be added. If we want to know our calling, let's know our God first, because then we'll know the calling he's putting in our valuable heart. We want meaningful, uh, powerful prayer. Abandon yourselves in the arms of God and seek his heart. Know who he is, the things that he can do. Let our prayers not only be faithful and beautiful, but let they be dangerous. Let's pray for things that, that make us truly and honestly rely on the arms of God. And then when we see those things happen, let it be a testimony to the awesome and magnificent God that we serve. Let our prayers be beautiful, but let them also be dangerous. We want to evangelize more effectively. Get our hands dirty. Get in the mission field. You know, I was talking to Lee today and she was uh, encouraging me a bit around how we get to that space. It's truly wanting to know somebody's story and see their heart because that's what God wants. He sees their heart. He wants the very best for them. And we should want that too. So get our hands dirty. Let's go into the dark places. Let's go into the places that we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't go. It's like, it reminds me of an old Keith Green song, Asleep in the Light. And he uses this phrase, the world is sleeping in the dark that the church just can't fight because it's asleep in the light. Let's not be asleep in the light. Let's get our hands dirty in those dark places and bring that light to people who need it. We want passionate worship. Let go and sing to our amazing God and forget the space around us. Don't worry about the person on your left or the person on your right, the worship team that's on the stage and, or which band produced the song. Let's just abandon ourselves in worship and be like we're going to be for eternity, singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We want to be a light in the world. There's only one way we can do that, and that's to be like Jesus. You see, if we want hearts that need guarding, we need to want what God wants. We need our hearts to mirror his heart. 
That's what it comes down to. What do we want? We want all that stuff. We want the kingdom here now, but sometimes we don't want to adjust what we want to see it happen. When our heart is a mirror image of God's, that's when it will happen. And I think the third reason we need to guard our hearts is because our hearts are under attack. That's the reality of it, is that not only does God know how valuable your heart is, the enemy knows how valuable your heart is, and he's going to attack it with everything he's got. And I think that the tool he's using in this season is tolerance and positivity. You know, Steve Jobs said this, Steve Jobs, the he was the CEO of Apple. He said, there is no reason not to follow your heart. Sounds beautiful. What about David Gemmell? He said, trust your instincts and make judgments on what your heart tells you. The heart will not betray you. That's so beautiful. And all it takes is to to type in trust your heart into Google and you'll come up with hundreds and thousands of, of beautiful sayings about the heart and how you should trust it and it won't betray you. And it's a beautiful thing. Well, let's look at Jeremiah 17, 9. And it says this, the heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. See, not only is our heart valuable, but when we want what we want, our heart tells us that it's the right thing sometimes. And we need to make sure that we are aligning our hearts with truth. So how do we ensure that our hearts are not being deceived and we are aligned with truth? I think there's two ways. The first one is truth. It is God's word. You know, 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, All scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. You see, our world is constantly spewing out its own version of truth. And we talked earlier about TVs and movies and social media, and we're going to talk about that later. Well, we're going to talk about that now because that is where your truth, unfortunately, is coming from. Society is telling you what to believe, how to believe it, when to believe it. And if you don't believe it, then you should be on the outer because everybody else believes it. Truth has become relative. You know, whatever's true for you, you know what? If you want to believe that, that's fine. But that person believes something totally different. And that's fine too. As long as you don't tell them they're wrong, we're all good. But that's the problem with truth being relative is it says that everybody's right. And that's not how truth works. If there's two opposing opinions, either they're both wrong or one is right and one is wrong. It is impossible for conflicting absolute statements to be both true. Mark Hall, in his song, While You Were Sleeping, While We Were Sleeping, uh, Casting Crown Song, he says, we're sung to sleep by philosophies that save the trees and kill the children. And I love that phrase because he's obviously talking about a very specific issue, but it's actually a really good highlight for all of us as a society is that we, through media, through uh, Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok, through movies and television, through our songs, uh, through conversations we have with people, what the news decides to present to us, we're being told uh, what to believe. We're being sung to sleep, these philosophies that are not what God says. So how do we get that back? Is we get into God's word. God's word is our reliable and infallible source of truth. It is beautiful. It is hopeful. It's encouraging and it's inspiring. But 
It's also the center of division and disagreement. You know, the reason we have different denominations because different people read the scripture in different ways and got a different landing from it. The reason we had the Reformation in 1546 is because some people read the scripture a certain way and others read it a different way. So as much as it's beautiful and infallible and hopeful and inspiring, the reality is, is that we mangle it sometimes. We read different truths into it and we need to be really careful because even in reading the scripture, our hearts can deceive us. You see, we read our history into scripture. We read our culture into scripture. We read our parental understanding into scripture. We read our preconceived ideas into scripture and our societal norms into scripture. And we read into it something that we want to believe because that's what we've always believed. But instead, we need to read it in a way where we're ready to be seeing something brand new, to have our ideas and our thoughts challenged. And that's why it's important to lean on this other truth. In regards to how we make sure our hearts aren't deceived, on one side is the truth, the word of God, the sword of the spirit. But on the other side, equally balanced, we need the Holy Spirit to show us. John 14, 26 says this, But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. You see, reading God's word is not a one-person exercise. Never, ever get to the point where you sit down and you do your studies and you just read what you know into the scripture so it reaffirms what you already believe. I would say, you know what, let's have a conversation with God. As we read the scripture, let us ask the question, God, what are you wanting to show me? What are you wanting me to see today? How are you revealing yourself in new and fresh and exciting ways? You know, I threw out this term earlier, our, our, uh, our parental understanding. When I grew up, my parents had an array of understanding of what scripture meant and how we should be living our lives as followers of Jesus. And automatically I adopted that uh, onto myself because that's what my parents believed. That's what they taught me uh, that scripture says. But it wasn't until I was much older that I started to read the scripture and had different ideas around some of the things they'd always taught me based on what the scripture said and what the Holy Spirit was showing me through it. You see, there is a massive difference between information and revelation. Information is where you read something and you, you know, it's just information that's stored away, but that's the same with a science textbook or a maths textbook or geography is that you store information. But revelation is where the Holy Spirit shows you something new. It's like the curtains have been opened and I'm sure you've experienced it where you read a piece of scripture and you see something that you've read over and over and over again, but just for some reason on a certain day, You see something that you'd never seen before, and it was always there. That's revelation. That's when the Holy Spirit is an active member and part of your scripture reading. And that's what I would encourage you to do. But it goes further than scripture reading. In listening to others, in your prayer time, in your worship, the Holy Spirit wants to intercede for you. The Holy Spirit wants to talk to you on behalf of the Father and tell you amazing things about your future, amazing things about who you are, amazing things, more importantly, about who God is. And I think that if we want our hearts not to be deceived and we want to stay in the truth so our hearts are valuable, We need to have that beautiful balance of truth and spirit. And I think that's really important for all of us. So as we 
look at this year, 2021. We all have so many resolutions about what the year's going to look like. You know what my resolution is for this year? Is that I wouldn't follow my heart. My resolution is that that I would guard my heart. That when it's filled with God's truth, when it's filled with God's word and his promises and everything that's been revealed through his word and his spirit, my heart is a treasure. My heart is valuable. And I need to guard it because it's filled with hope, with purpose, with calling, with mission, leadership, influence, love. The very character of God revealed to me in spirit and truth. So as we walk into 2021, guard your hearts because they are valuable above all else. Everything you do flows from it. Get to that point. Pray to God earnestly and line your heart up with God's heart. And always be on watch because your heart is always under attack. Make sure you have an equal balance of spirit and truth so you can stay in that space where God wants you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, as we look into your word today, we're so encouraged by, um, by the amazing things that you've got planned for us, that you've given us instruction and, and promises about where we're going and who you are, and that you're reliable, God. You're trustworthy, and we know that those things will come to pass. But God, we know our hearts are deceitful. We know that we always fall into that space of wanting what we want or, or listening to, to society or culture rather than you. But God, I always ask that you would help us to guard our hearts, that we would understand how valuable they are, that everything that we do that you want us to do flows from the content of our heart, and that we would stay in the truth, God that we would be eagerly listening for your voice this year. Let us be shining examples of you. In your name we pray. Amen. Have an awesome 2021. Thanks for tuning in to Follow Online. To stay updated, go to follow.church. As the people of God, let's stay connected and follow the words of Jesus to love one another.